Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. I hope you're enjoying our worship group. I want to say their names. DVA is over here. Rico. Olivia. And Opo. <laughs> Opo's our guest. Thank you, Opo. Thank you, worship band. Thank y'all for leading us in worship. It's been fantastic. I don't know anybody else except Rico that will do this for me. I, I will hand Rico songs and say, would you play these for me, please? You go, I don't know them, but I will learn them. And so if you ever have a special song you'd like for Rico to sing for you, just hand it to him. And he'll say, I don't know it, but I will learn it. Okay? It's awesome. It's really a, a perfect system. So I think about three weeks ago, I handed him a paper. I gave him all the songs I wanted through our uh, time of fasting and praying. He goes, sure. So anyway, just hand them to Rico, and he will cover you in any of these. So glad to see you here today. I'm Dana, if you're new. And um, I am so glad to be here to start us off uh, as we're going into our month of corporate praying and fasting as a church family. Uh, I've been asked, why in the world do we do this? So hopefully you'll feel a little bit more uh, enlightened by the time I finish speaking to us today. And I do uh, want to say up front, uh, as always, I, I don't have this in my notes, so I want to say this in case I don't remember to say it later. Our God hears our prayers, and you do not have to do anything more to make him love you more. And so when I'm talking about our fasting uh, month, it is not to gain more love from God. It's for us to gain more of him. And so it is not something that, um, that you and I have to do for him to love you, for you to have to do for him to answer your prayers. It is a state of mind that we move into and in hopes of finding more of our God. And um, so hear that very clearly as I go through this uh, study with you, but uh, very much that our God sees you knows you by name and loves you so very much and uh, you can't do something more or less to change that that is a fact so as we go into this this is your free will to do this uh, we do it as a church family this month because i love the concept that we would all be praying for the exact same thing on a certain day so when you turn in your prayer requests sabella and i get them on days of the month and send them out for you to be able to, as a church family, all pray for the same thing on that day. So praying for salvation, praying for jobs, praying for a financial breakthrough, praying for uh, spiritual temptation that's plaguing you, that we will pray all together. And when there's not a name, you know that it's yours and God knows that it's yours when we are praying for that. So don't forget to sign up how you'd like, uh, put your name and phone number, if you'd like the prayer requests by our WhatsApp group or by email, it's on there. Don't forget to sign up with that so you can join the church family in us being unified. But of course, you also are having your own things that you're praying for and fasting about. And so um, just want to clarify all that as we go into this. Um, 
our verse that I really felt like from the Lord as I was closing out in December was the Romans 12, 11 through 12 verse. And I declared to God, this will be my verse for the year. I don't know if you ever ask God for a verse for the year, but I do I always ask God to give me his verse for the coming year that he and I can can uh, work on together. And very clearly God gave me this one and I declare it for you too, um, that this will be New Song Family Church's verse for the year and that we would really focus on this. It says, do not be lazy, but work hard, serving the Lord with all your heart. Be joyful because you have hope. Be patient when trouble comes and pray at all times. Isn't that an incredible verse? You guys are tired, and we are not at the end of January yet. True? Especially you teachers. Woo! You are about to go under already. Especially you students. Woo! You're going under already. So when I look at this, I love that it tells me not to be lazy, but work hard, serving the Lord with all my heart. Not just getting by, not just surviving, but with all my heart doing my day. That's a challenge, isn't it? You students, that's a challenge that with all your heart, you're going to be the best student there ever was. You're going to be the best daughter, best son, the best sports person, the best music person. With all your heart, all of us adults, as we go to work, that people would see a change in us because we are serving the Lord with all of our heart. In ministry, that we serve the Lord with joy and with all of our heart. And then joyful because we have hope, that song that the band just led, led us in, that this time of our life is not all there is. We have hope that there's more coming. Every time I think about what is coming, I get so excited. I was talking to mom and dad last week, and I said, Mom, because mom and dad are, dad's 90, mom's 86, and they are living in assisted living where probably every week someone passes away. And they tell me about it. And every week I say, how are you feeling about that? And they say, one day closer to seeing our Jesus. One day closer to being with Jesus. Dad said that he and mom the other night went to bed and started talking about what if tonight was the night that they woke up seeing Jesus' face. He said that was the way they talked as they were going to sleep. Our hope is not here. It's in what's to come in Jesus Christ. And then to be patient when trouble comes, that's a tough one, but it's because our hope is in Jesus, not here, that we can be patient and praying at all times. Praying at all times means that you never, ever stop praying. How can you do that? You just keep talking to him. You just keep moving through your day talking to Jesus. So as we look at praying and fasting, when we come to Matthew 6, um, it starts off, and these are this is Jesus talking, and you see this every year I show it to you, but I want to convince you. It's not just my idea of what we should be doing. I want to tell you this is our 12th year for our church to be doing a praying and fasting month as a corporate family. Uh, it says in verse 1, Be careful when you do good things. Don't do them in front of people to be seen by them. If you do that, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to the poor, don't be like the hypocrites. They blow trumpets in the synagogues and on the streets so that people will see them and honor them. 
I tell you the truth, those hypocrites already have their full reward. So when you give to the poor, don't let anyone know what you're doing. Your giving should be done in secret. Your father can see what is done in secret. And what does it say? He will reward you. That's a promise. There's a promise there. Then he says, now we've gone, when you give, now we say, Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners and pray so people will see them. I tell you the truth, they already have their full reward. When you pray, you should go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who cannot be seen. Your father can see what is done in secret and he will reward you. And when you pray, don't be like those people who don't know God. They continue saying things that mean nothing, thinking that God will hear them because of their many words. Don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Jesus is serious about how we give and how we pray. And he's given us that guideline. You know, I think so often when you talk to people, I've heard people say, what difference does prayer make? Why do we pray? God already knows how it's going to come out. What difference does it make? Have you ever uh, thought about this verse? And it's one of my favorites on prayer, Revelations 5.8. Every prayer that we're praying is kept active. When, we, when it says here, when Jesus took the scroll and the four living creatures and the 24 elders bowed down before the lamb, each one of them had a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's holy people. Is that not an incredible thought? That every prayer you have prayed is kept by God? He has it? I had... Um, Years ago, when my grandfather passed away, he was almost 100 and uh, missed it by two months. But I had talked to him just the month before, and my grandfather was one of my prayer warriors. And he told me when I talked to him the month before he died, he said, I pray for you and Brian and children every day, every single day. He said, I, I can't really hear very well, so I sit and talk to Jesus, and I pray for you every day. So when he passed away, one of my greatest griefs was, who's going to pray for me now? Who, who will pick that up for me? And I told a friend that, that I was just grieving because I lost one of my everyday prayer warriors in my life. And she so wisely said, do you think the prayers have stopped? Where do you think prayers go? Prayers go into the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, there's no beginning and there's no end. And she said, every prayer your grandfather ever prayed over you is still active, is still moving. What an amazing truth. That makes sense, doesn't it? Every prayer that I pray over my grandchildren right now and one day when I'm gone, it will still be active in my grandchildren's lives. How incredible that is. As I pray for my grandchildren to know Jesus, as I pray for them to stand firm in God's truth, to be godly witnesses, if I died today, those 12 grandchildren will still have my prayers covering them. It's an incredible thought. Why do we pray? Because generations are counting on you. Isn't that an interesting thought? When I was two years old, my great aunt Addie 
prayed for me that I would be called by God to be a foreign missionary one day. What an interesting prayer to pray over a two-year-old. My mom said she wondered, why did she pray that? Mom never told me until the day I was being appointed as a missionary to Burkina Faso. And mom said, this is what your great aunt Addie asked God to call you to do. She's passed away long ago. I'm still the foreign missionary. Those prayers of my great aunt Addie are still impacting my life. Amazing, isn't it? I sat this morning, I'm not even gonna look at my list so I don't cry, but I got so emotional as I, I will cry, started thinking, all the people who have prayed for me. I started just writing their names down. How privileged I am to be prayed for. I have the greatest heritage of grandparents and aunts and uncles, my mom and dad, my sister. I have so many family members that beg God for me, so faithful. And the ones that have gone on, they are still impacting my life and they move to my children, and they move to my grandchildren. I, I just challenge you to do what I did this morning. Write down people you know have been praying for you. Write down their names, start writing them down. They're either still here with us or with Jesus, but write their names down. Ooh, it's a moving task. It hit me strong today. And I found myself just going, thank you, Jesus. I don't do one day alone. I am covered in prayers of the saints from the past and the present, and I will pay it forward because I am praying also. And that is our calling from God. Prayer, I believe it changes things, but I also believe prayer changes me and changes you as we're talking to our Heavenly Father. Very often, when we go through this month of praying and fasting, I have people come up saying, God didn't answer one of my prayers. Not one thing changed while I was praying. That could be so. It truly can happen. But can you keep praying? I prayed for someone to love me and talk to me, a family member, for 20 years. 20 years, I asked God, to change a family member's heart that he could love me again. And God did it in one day. It was the strangest day. It just happened. It caught me so off guard that he wrapped his arms around me and said, how you doing, kiddo? What? 20 years? It was worth it. It was worth 20 years of asking God to mend that relationship. So if you don't see a change this month, be faithful in your praying. Be faithful in all that God has called you to do. God is working step by step. So how do we develop a praying life? You know, I talk about prayer so often because I love prayer. I enjoy prayer. I'm a talkative person, so I don't know how you quiet people do God. You can fill me in later. Uh, huh? You do it quietly? <laughs> I think sometimes God with me is going, because there's nothing quiet about God and me. So I talk to him all the time. 
and I laugh with him, and I cry with him, and I talk to him constantly. I have to say, he and I have this ongoing relationship that just never is quietly done. But you who are quiet, you pray in your quietness, whatever that means. You pray in your personality that God has given you. Uh, Embrace your desperate need for a mighty God. I think so often people don't pray because they don't understand how badly they need God. In uh, James 4, verse 10, it says, Humble yourself in the Lord's presence, and he will honor you. Humble yourself. Recognize that you need him. Recognize how desperate you are for a mighty God. Are you too confident to, that you don't actually need to pray? Are you confident in yourself so you don't actually have to talk to God? Have you ever thought about that? Are you so sure of you that you don't think about ever talking to God about anything? That's a lot of confidence. Humbling ourselves is understanding we desperately need our God. Do you need a God teaching moment to teach you that you need a God? Mm, Those are not nice. I almost drowned one time in a God teaching moment and it was, a, was an interesting moment and one I'd like to never repeat in all my life. But I had asked God very purposely to show me something that I was asking him about. And I said, would you please be gentle, though? Would you teach me this, but would you be gentle with me? So as I was drowning and I was going under, I said to God, I asked you to be gentle as I figured this was it. And God rescued me with a rescue boat. And what hit me so strongly that God showed me so clearly, I cannot breathe the next breath of air unless God says I can breathe it. Not the next breath. That's how humbled I was when I was drowning because I'm a good swimmer. I can swim at that stage. I could swim, and I had said it to Brian, I'm in such good shape. I think I could swim as far as I could walk. And I really could. I am certain at that stage I could swim as far as I could walk. And then I was drowning. And God said, you are nothing unless I say so. You cannot breathe the next breath of air unless I say so. It was a God lesson. It was a humbling lesson for me to understand that I am nothing without my heavenly Father. Bring the real you to God. Don't put on airs. He knows you. Act like you. We had a chat with our son, tried to have a chat with our son last night, and uh, his three daughters were very present. And uh, two of them were supposed to be cleaning their room, and they were fighting and he had to keep calling them in. The baby in his arms was fussy. She kept crying. He kept shaking. And he kept calling the two girls, and they had to keep going to timeout because they were smart aleck, and they were fighting with each other. And then he would say, don't tattle, don't tattle. And Brian and I would just have our own little conversation off to the side, waiting for my son to come back in the conversation. And then Penelope would come and go, do you see my new sweater on me? And we'd have that. It was awesome. I felt like I was sitting in my children's home. 
It was chaos. Absolute chaos yesterday. And Brian and I got to be a part of it. And I think when we come to God, that we come to God just like that. When there are children in the house, you don't finish a conversation. You don't even finish. Chad said, I'd say at least 10 times, do you hear daddy speaking? Just wait till I finish this sentence. 10 times, at least. And then we couldn't remember what we were talking about. Chaos. How do you come to God? I actually come to God just like that. I'm chaotic with God. My mind goes everywhere. He made it, so it's not my fault that it goes everywhere. <laughs> it is everywhere. And it is just <clears throat> darts, and I think of this, and I went, oh, but with that, and then I, make, then I stop, and I make a grocery list real quick, and ask God, thank you for helping me remember that. I'm forgetting one thing. Would you help me remember that one more thing? And then I keep going back to and trying to go back to what we were talking about at the beginning. And then I remember that I was supposed to call somebody, and I tell God, would you remind me to call so-and-so in just a minute? And then we'll keep talking about this in just a second. But remind me to call her in just a minute. That's my conversations with God, like being in my son's house. Because I come to him as I am. I don't come to him as somebody else who has ordered thoughts. Some of you have very ordered thoughts. I do not. Some of you have quiet thoughts, like Rico. I do not. I have loud thoughts, and they never stop. Some of you, Brian says he has times his brain's not thinking of anything. I think he's an alien. I really do. How could you, how could you never not be thinking of anything? So come to him like you are, not like somebody else. Just come, like my grandchildren. If you're chaos, be chaos with God. He loves you. He created that in you. In Matthew 11, 28 and 30, Jesus said, and I want to tell y'all, today we talk, we, if you're doing the daily Bible reading, we talked about the children today. Come to me, all you who are, who are weary, and carry your heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. God says, come messy, come heavy burden, come weary, come just the way you are, and let him carry you and me through these times. Let him teach us what he wants us to know about him. I love Paul, Paul uh, Miller's book, in his book, A Praying Life, he says, you are the center of your heavenly Father's affection. That is, where you find rest for your soul. If you remove prayer from the welcoming heart of God, as much teaching on the Lord's Prayer does, prayer becomes a legalistic chore. We do the duty, but miss touching the heart of God. By coming to God weary and heavy laden, we discover his heart. Heaven touches earth, and his will is done. Coming to God as we are. We have so much to learn about praying and coming to him like a child to our Father. We actually learn what his heart is and what the heart of, of prayer is. I feel like if you will start talking to God as you are, you're going to wonder, how did you ever live without this? How did you ever make it a day without talking to your Heavenly Father? 
Don't overthink it. Pray like a child. Pray with that mindset that you have a God who loves you dearly and who cares for you and who is listening. I was telling Brian as I was doing this, I had this epiphany. I thought, actually, we should all be incredible prayer warriors. And let me tell you why. Better than any generation before us. Because I was thinking about the voice message that we have on our phone. Now, I use it so often because I'm usually doing something else while I'm needing to send something. Like I'll call somebody and they don't answer, so I'm not going to type it out because I don't have time. So I do a voice message. Now, I talk. I don't talk differently when I'm doing a voice message. I just talk to them. And I do this voice message, and I send it. Do y'all send voice messages? So if you're a voice message sender, talking to God should be a breeze. Because you think about this, I talk to nobody. I'm just talking to my phone. But I send Sibylla voice messages all the time to tell her something because she's in class, so I'm not going to call her. But I know eventually she's going to hear this, and very often she'll send a voice message back to me when she has a second, and then I receive it. When I'm talking to God, I can actually say the same thing but I know he's going to hear it the second I talk to him. So you ought to be incredible at talking to God because I've heard people in the past say, it's kind of weird talking to God when you don't see him. Well, this is weird that I'm talking to Spill on my phone and she's not even anywhere around. True? I think that's even weirder that we do that. I got the other day from a friend who's in the States dealing with a, a dying mama right now. I got a 19-minute voice message. <clears throat> 19 minute, because she was up and I was asleep. And she was trying to tell me what's going on with her mama that's about to die. 19 minutes went like this. It was, it was chaos. She thinks like I do. It's this chaos thing. And then I got up, listened to it. She's now in bed. And I sent her a 10 minute chaos message back to her, answering and talking to her, praying for her. Our God, when we talk to him, he hears it immediately. And if we will be still, he will answer us. He answers us when we talk to him immediately. So you have no excuse. You know how to do voice messages. Start talking to God. Start giving him these things that you need him to know about. And just giving him the things you don't need him to know about. Just talk to him about everything. Now, when we come to prayer, as we're praying, uh, I suggest that very often that you might want to, if you want to focus your prayers, this is for people like me, write it down. Write as you're praying. It slows my mind down. I have to slow it down, so I write it or I type it on my phone. If I'm praying for someone, somebody and I'm sending them a text, I love doing that because I'm not a fast texter. And it slows my brain down, and it's enough time for God to go, uh-uh, no, this one. And I, I will delete, start back over, because I can hear, hear him as I'm praying. So I'm typing this prayer out. God says, no, that's not my will. Delete, 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 start back over. And I say, what is your will? How do I pray for this person? Slow down your mind. Either type it. Write it, do something to slow your brain down so you can hear God directing your prayer. He really will direct your prayer. 
if you'll slow down and talk to him about that. Then there's the next part of the Matthew 6. When you fast, this is what we're doing. Don't put on a sad face like the hypocrites. They make their faces look sad to show people they are fasting. I tell you the truth, these hypocrites already have their full reward. So when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then people will know that you are fasting. But your father, whom you cannot see, will see you. Your father sees what is done in secret and he will reward you. It comes with this promise. Fasting does not manipulate God. It is an invitation from God to join him in a special one-on-one time. When we fast, we are saying to God, I need more of you. I am seeking you with all my heart. Giving, praying, and fasting, Jesus says, is truly a regular discipline of the believer. It's part of our life. So it's not just February that we pray, give, and fast. But it should be all the way through the year that you pick out times. Some people, my son, Chatty, fasts every Thursday. Mine is usually on Mondays throughout the year. When is your day? What is your meal? What is your time throughout the year that you, on a regular basis, are giving, praying, and fasting? Make sure you fast for a reason. Fast for, to discover God's will in your life, how he wants to be using you. Find a reason. Don't just fast. Don't just starve. Don't just do without. Fast for a reason and locate. What am I going to be seeking God about? Seek God's wisdom and guidance of something that you're needing to know. Uh, Also, to give him a grief or a heavy burden. I'm telling you, sometimes I feel so much heaviness inside of me that there's nothing I can do but sit before God and hand it to him. And it's so important to release these things to God. So when you're carrying a burden of marriage, children, yourself, friends, health, salvation of other people, uh, healing, those are the things that when you finally just say, I can't carry this anymore, they're a great thing to be fasting and praying over. Fasting over broken relationships that God will heal. Uh, Fasting and praying that God would break down spiritual strongholds when you feel like you are pounded by Satan. Not that you're wrong, but he's going after you. It's a great time to get God's perspective over that. Destructive thoughts, unforgiveness, addictions, bitterness. Um, It also helps us to break out of a routine. It changes our day. It changes the way we do things, and it gives us that focus on God. It's a continual prayer to God. And I say, never say amen. Just keep talking to him. It never comes to an end. And fasting is a statement to God and to yourself that you're serious about what you're praying about. Seriously praying that our children would walk closely with God. Seriously asking God that your faith would grow, that you would grow closer and putting him first in your life. When we fast, it requires a very clear plan. How long are we going to do it? As a church, we're saying February 1st through February 28th. Uh, What am I fasting for? Decide on that. What am I fasting from? What are you going to give up? Some people give up a meal, and during that mealtime, they spend time in their Bible and talking to God, praying that they give up a meal. Some of you give up certain food items. Don't give up Brussels sprouts if you hate them. It doesn't count, you know? So pick something that actually is a sacrifice for you to give up because then it makes your thoughts move 
to our Heavenly Father. If I give up sugar, I have <laughs> said this to people, if I ever tell you I'm fasting sugar for you, you better hug me because that is the worst thing I can give up is sugar. I love anything with sugar in it. I think I was made to only eat sugar, probably. I'm one of those people. I never have a sugar crash. There's never enough sugar in me. And so if I tell you, I will pray for you and I will fast sugar, I want you to go, oh, Dina, and love me dearly if I ever did that. So pick something that truly means something to you that calls you back into prayer and into prayer and into prayer, spending time with God. What pulls you away from God? Think about that. Things that besides what we're giving up food-wise, what pulls you away? Time on your phone, maybe some hobbies, TV, reading news, social media, uh, friends, maybe some sports. Um, I feel like very often that you can help your mind stay focused if you have things. I stick notes up everywhere. There's things all over my house. I have a line of names going down my mirror in the bathroom. Every time I walk to the bathroom, I pray down this line of names because every one of these names, I'm asking Jesus to pull them back to himself. If you need somebody to go on my list, tell me and I'll put them on my mirror by where, I, where I am there. But I pray that every time. What do you have to remind you? The armbands that Sibylla was talking about, that you can wear it and that when you glance down, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm concentrating on God. I also say possibly you might want to give up, and this is what I do periodically through the year, complaining. Give up complaining. Would you like to fast from complaining? I would like for you to fast from complaining. Somebody else besides you would like for you to fast from complaining. So I'm telling you, I've told you this before, 21-day habit of not complaining takes the average person eight months to make it 21 days in a row to not complain. That's a long time. So if you have an armband, I challenge you that you change your armband over to the other arm if you find yourself complaining. That means you're starting at day one again. See if you can keep it on the same arm for 21 days. It's a challenge. See how long it takes you. If you tell someone to change their armband because they're complaining, you have to change your armband too. Because you're complaining. You're complaining about their complaining. So don't, you might just want to go, okay? Or you can just kind of play with your armband and maybe they'll realize what you're talking about. Something like that. But it's really an awesome thing. While we're trying to get more of God, let's close our mouths. Let's quit complaining so he can talk to us and that we can hear from him. You need to make a family decision how you're going to do it as a family because it does impact whole families because if mama doesn't want to cook, the rest of you probably need to figure this out. So make a family plan. It's plan time uh, away from food times, incorporating spiritual activities like uh, reading your Bible, spending more time praying, spending more time just sitting with God, listening to sermons, worship, worship music, being with a God friend that loves to talk about God. I have friends like that that I feel so much better after I've been with them than when I came because they love to talk about Jesus. Those are awesome dates for me. Positive side of fasting, what do I gain? It tells us there in Matthew 6, 
Your father sees what is done in secret, and he will reward you. How? I don't know. I don't know how he's going to reward you. You can tell me after this is over, how did he reward you? For me, I find the time with him so sweet. And I'll tell you this quickly. Last year, when I hit February, I was broken. I had seven friends die between uh, December to February 1st. Good friends. I was in grief. Besides who I lost during the 2021 year of, of COVID. And I hit February 1st, and I asked God, would he heal me? Would he lift this heaviness and sorrow off of me? And I told God on February 1st, I'm actually not going to talk to you this month. I'm going to sit with you. And would you just heal me when I'm sitting with you? And so I had a month of February. I didn't ask God for one thing. I just sat with him. And I had times very much during that month that I would just go outside and sit with Jesus and let him heal me. And by the end of February, February 28th, I started feeling it lightening a little bit. It's taken some time. I'm still grieving. But he started lifting this burden of sorrow off of me. So what is God calling you to do? How does he want you to go through this? In Galatians 5, 23, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. By us getting control over our cravings of food, it's just an area of our life that we can teach ourselves that we can control areas when God, I mean, when Satan tempts us, that all these things, that we can deny ourselves what we want. We can do that. And this is one of those keys to uh, fasting and praying. Fasting can definitely lead to spiritual breakthrough. It creates a hunger for God. Fasting is setting aside something in your, that your body enjoys so that you can grow spiritually. In Joel 2.12, the Lord says, Even now, come back to me with all your heart. Fast cry and be sad. How do you come to God? Fast, cry, and be sad. Why wouldn't God honor that? He will as we sit in front of him. Fasting is longing for more of God and less of us. Asking God, would you become more? Would you make me less? I don't want to see myself as much as I see myself now. I want you to be more in my life. Isaiah 58, 3 through 4, God lets us know that when these people were fasting, he was not pleased. They say, to honor you, we had special days when we fasted, but you didn't see. We humbled ourselves to honor you, but you didn't notice. But the Lord says, you do what pleases yourself on these special days, and you are unfair to your workers. On these special days, when you fast, you argue and fight and hit each other with your fists. You cannot do these things as you do now and believe your prayers are heard in heaven. Just fasting and not having a change in you, hmm, it's just a diet. You're just dieting. You're doing intermittent fasting. That's so popular right now. God wants us to come to him humbly and asking him to create a change. Change your schedule, change your eating habits, 
change your life for this month, and I think you will find that God is very pleased and will show up in those times with you. Jesus told us that he was to be our model, our example of how to get through this life. He wants our lives to parallel his life as he walked through this world. If Jesus loved people extremely, if he sacrificed himself for others, if he was baptized, if he did the Lord's Supper, if he prayed, and if he fasted, he's saying for us to do the same. It's actually not something that we should wonder should we do. It's making a plan to do it, these things that Jesus has shown us. Do you have to? You don't. Do you have to pray? Actually, no, you don't. But how much of God do you really want? How much do you want of him? How much do you need God in your life? How big is your need? I say prayerfully choose what kind of fast you want to do this coming month. Really think about it. If you mess up and you chose to not eat something sweet and you eat something and didn't think about it, it's not legalism. God's not going to beat the pulp out of you. Just go, okay, and then go back. Do, do what you committed to do. Tell somebody what you're committing to do because that helps. Don't just say, I'm just going to secretly try this so nobody will know, so they can't judge me if I blow it. Tell somebody, and they can see what you're doing, and they can talk to you about it. Uh, think through any issues you have. School, always. I have always told the the kids, the teenagers, and primary school, it is not a witness to God if you're passing out from hunger in your class. So make a plan that you're eating, that your brain has the food it needs to be learning. So think through your sports. If you're on medication that has to have food that comes with it, think through these things and plan special events, like some of you have birthdays coming up this month and you like to have birthday cake. Great, have a birthday cake. So make a plan. Log those in, that you know these things are coming. I, I always used to always plan for Colin's birthday because it was in February and I was going to eat birthday cake with Colin every February. That was in my plan. That was a great birthday every. Now I don't have Colin's birthday. If any of you have a birthday in February and want me to eat cake with you in February, let me know, okay? So enjoy God's word. Don't forget God's word. It gets sweeter and sweeter as you're in this time. Have times of praising and thanking God. Don't forget that part, praising and thanking. Sit with God quietly. Write out prayer cards for yourself to help you stay on target. And then my last question to you, are you excited? I'm excited. Do you know we have some people in our church that are so excited they can't wait and they always start in January? We're such overachievers. So I took somebody out for her birthday last week, and she went, sorry, I've already been fasting for two months because I just couldn't wait. She ate a healthy breakfast. I ate her birthday cake. So yes, get excited. Take this seriously. Sign up in the back with prayer cards that you would like us as a church family to be praying for you. Anticipate what God wants to do. If you come to the end of February and you go, hmm, Nothing's changed. Ah, that's just one month of 20 years. Keep praying. How long can you pray for something? I'm still asking God to give my daddy back his eyesight, and he's 90. It's not there yet. I expect possibly my dad will see when he goes to heaven. 
but I keep asking. I ask every day that God would let my dad see again. I won't quit. Just keep praying. Don't stop. What's important to you? Whatever's important to you, this is what you put into this month. Praying and fasting. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much that you invite us to this special time with you. You're not making us suffer. You're giving us a treat. Thank you for the treat that we get to have time with you special and the treat of getting to know you better and better. Lord, I pray for our church family. I ask your protection over each one because we know anytime that we're drawing near to you, Satan goes out after us. So Lord, I pray for your protection over our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our emotions as we go into this time. Lord, we hand you our families, we hand you ourselves. Lord, be mightier than we ever have known you to be. These things we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.